The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Well, here on Revier Radio, it's time to talk to Rob Kay from uh, Blevins Franks. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Yeah, good morning, Howard. I, I apologise for the sound quality this morning. Uh, unfortunately, um, I'm aware this morning from the station, so we're having to do it uh, this broadcast remotely. Yeah, no, never mind. Anyway, well, last week we focused on later life planning, which means we have to consider taxes we and our nearest and dearest must pay. This links logically into a very important day of the year and one of my favourites, when we discuss every year the Tax Freedom Days. However, before we discuss the Tax Freedom Day, what caught your eye in the news this past week? Well, I would... uh... President Zelensky of Ukraine has been a busy boy this week. He, he went on a whirlwind tour around Europe, taking in Italy, Germany, France, and then finally the UK. President Macron said that France, along with other European countries, has opened the door to training Ukrainian fighter pilots, and discussions are also underway with the Americans. Then on Monday, Rishi Sunak hosted the Ukrainian president at Chequers in the same room that Winston Churchill used to broadcast broadcast his defiant speeches voting to beat the Nazis in the Second World War. Sunak apparently told Zelensky his leadership and his country's bravery and fortitude are an inspiration to all of us. After their meeting, President Zelensky said it was very positive and he was very reassured about creating a jet coalition, as he described it, in the war against Russia, with a decision expected in the closest of times, as he described it. Meanwhile, Rishi Sunak is facing mounting unrest at home as he oversees the biggest tax rise since the 1970s, which will drag millions of middle-class earners into the 40% tax racket. This week, the Institute for Fiscal Studies said that many teachers, nurses and electricians are among the one in five taxpayers who will be paying a rate designed for the wealthy as a result of the six-year tax freeze um, that, has been in, that has been introduced in the last couple of years. Using the fiscal drag to raise tax revenue is supercharging a seismic change to the tax system, which will pile more of the tax burden on those in normal jobs, the think tank said. Back in 1992, only 3.5% of employees paid higher rate tax, but that will increase to 14% by 2027, which means 7.8 million adults, 20% of the 38 million UK adult population, we're paying a higher rate of income tax. By 2027, one in eight nurses, one in four teachers, and half the legal profession will be paying 40% tax. Now, a few weeks ago, I reported the Bank of England's chief economist, Hugh Pill, had said UK households and businesses needed to accept that they are worse off. This week, Mr Pill said, if he had the chance again, he would have used different words to describe the challenges we face. The viral response hasn't been helpful to communicate or or develop an understanding of the situation. He went on to say that although we have some difficult messages to bring, I will try and bring them in the way that is perhaps less inflammatory than maybe I managed in the past. His comments have been criticised by Andrew Bailey, which was quite rare for the Governor of the Bank of England towards a senior official. The remarks were so widely criticised across the political spectrum for being torn deaf at a time when households are in the middle of the worst cost of living crisis since the Second World War. After the meeting President Zelensky at the weekend, President Macron then turned his attention to an event he held in Versailles to promote France and his pro-business reforms. 
he met over 200 business leaders, including Elon Musk and the boss of Pfizer, who have so far committed to invest 13 billion euros and create 8,000 new jobs in France. The biggest investments so far are actually both in Dunkirk, a 5.2 billion euro project from a Taiwanese car battery manufacturer and a 1.5 billion euro Chinese-French joint venture for a battery components plant. IKEA has plans to invest a further 906 million euros. Pfizer has budgeted 500 million euros to expand in France. And their British rival, GSK, will invest a further 400 million euros. And Morgan Stanley has planned to increase his French headcount by over 200 by 2025. So what is Tax Freedom Day and who calculates it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tax Freedom Day is a concept which was originally developed back in the, uh, in the late 40s in the USA. And it was originally used to calculate the amount of national income which was deducted and used to fund the cost of government programmes. Now, over the past 20 years, it has become a barometer for who or where you would pay the most or the least amount of tax. It is certainly not an exact science because different countries tax their residents in different ways. But it's a measurement that certainly attacks lots of people's attention. There isn't one organisation who calculates tax freedom debts. Since the early 70s, a buddy called the Tax Foundation have calculated the U.S. tax freedom dates, while in Europe it's calculated by the Institute Economic Molinari, otherwise known as IEM, and then in the U.K. by the Adam Smith Institute. The numbers and statistics which these reports generate are used to judge whether a country is a high-tax jurisdiction or if it's more benign. They can also be a reasonable litmus test of how tax painful a particular country's tax system can be if you don't correctly arrange your affairs in, in the right way. I also accept that it's not always in our control. As a company who has French employees, Bevin's Franks has first-hand knowledge of how expensive employing people in France is from a social charge perspective. Then, from an employee's perspective, I personally also know how difficult it is to reduce your tax burden and the social charge costs. This is why we should all maximise the allowances and options that are available to us. Maximising allowances and options can be much more interesting if you're retired or living on capital here in France. By using the correct arrangements and structures, you can seriously reduce the tax bills that you incur. I hate to admit it, but in certain situations, it just doesn't pay for you to go out to work. Europe is one big fiscal area, so are its individual states' tax freedom days similar? Which have the highest and lowest tax burden? Well, the, the, the data produced by the Molinari Institute and the Adam Smith Institute certainly um, supports that opinion. If we say most people start working by at least, let's say, the, the age of 25, and, and let's say they retire, then they are 65. These days, most people then live into their early 80s. So I'd say it's fairly equal from a payment of income tax perspective. But we should remember, income tax is not the only tax we pay. Every time we buy something, we pay VAT, TVA here in France, which is 20% on most things we buy. If we sell something and realise profit, we, we pay a chunk of that profit to the tax. And if we accumulate a greater value in an asset than the government thinks is reasonable, they tax the excess. I'm thinking here about French wealth tax. If you accumulate too much value in your properties, you must pay this additional tax. Before it was recently abolished, the UK lifetime allowance was similar. If you accumulated too much value in your pensions, you had to pay an additional tax. 
I mention this because the opposition parties in the UK have all vowed to restore it if the Tories lose the next general election. Then finally, when you go to meet your maker, the Grim Reaper is really the taxman because he's there to make sure he has a one last shot at your wealth, which you've worked all your life to accumulate, before he then turns his attention to the recipients of those assets. I sound like I'm, I'm probably getting on my soapbox this morning, Howard, but the more I think about your question, the more I'm sure we certainly do work at least our, half our lives to fund our tax demands. I suppose that's where my passion for wealth management and strategic financial planning has developed over the past 40 years, and why it's getting stronger and stronger as time passes and taxes increase. Europe is one big fiscal area, so are its individual states' tax freedom days similar? Which have the highest and lowest tax burden? Um, I'm always surprised how much of a difference there is, however. And given the large diversions across the European bloc, it's easy to see how difficult it would be to introduce a single European tax system. Across the European zone, tax freedom days arrive first in Cyprus on the 15th of April. Malta comes in second on the 26th of April. Well, once again, it will be the Austrians who pay the last or, or the last to finish paying their taxes on the 18th of August, 230 days into the year and 124 days after their European neighbours in Cyprus finish paying their dues. Across Europe, the average day when we stop paying the taxman and start putting our earnings in our own pocket will actually be the 11th of June. A colleague of mine frequently uses the expression paralysis through analysis when he reads the marketing material produced by fund managers and fund management companies, and there's a degree of that at play here. When calculating the numbers, the analysts also calculate in percentage terms the individual tax burden we all shoulder, and once again, the Austrians are leading the world, with an estimated 59% of their annual income going to the Austrian tax authorities. If we look outside of Europe, there are some surprising numbers. The average Indian pays just 20% of their income in taxes. America is not exactly the land of the free, because the average American pays tax until late April, giving 31% of their income to the Internal Revenue Service. These rankings are simply a guide, not, not a strong indicator of where we should choose to live. They, uh, their categorization is also influenced by a number of contributing factors, such as the working population, average income, as well as specific tax systems which are applied in one country but not in another. I'm thinking here about maybe no capital gains taxing in Holland and, and no wealth tax in the UK, unlike France, where both of those taxes are payable. Where does France stand in this year's list? Well, historically, France has frequently taken the, excuse the expression, the metaphorical gold medal as the country with the latest tax freedom debt. But over the last three or four years, they've been relegated, if you can call it that, into four behind Austria, Belgium and Norway. French taxpayers will start earning for themselves from the 28th of July. Each tax freedom debt will fall 209 days into the year. Now, the Molinari Institute has calculated that by then the average French resident will have paid the Trésor public 57% of their annual salary. This debt is way beyond Spain, where its residents pay half their income in tax, and their tax freedom debt falls a month earlier than in France. The story is similar in Germany, Belgium, and surprisingly, Italy. Italian residents pay just 42% of their income in tax, and their tax freedom day is the 2nd of June. Do you see that position improving? 
Um, last year's presidential election saw Macron victorious, but but not having an overall majority means he must rely on his coalition partners, which I'm, I'm sure has impacted some of the tax changes he would have liked to introduce. I do think that over the next few years, we will see France's position improve because Macron has, has changed the focus. As we all know, he forced through the pensions reform, which will impact these numbers because people will be working longer, which will have a positive funding impact on the infrastructure costs, such as the health service, social care and pensions. It was recently announced that there will be more tax controls and France will improve the policing of its borders to identify those who should be paying tax in France. It's a balancing act that every government must juggle, but France seems to be be taking a slightly different approach to these years, which I think, if it's maintained and it's carried through, we might see its tax freedom there improving quite quite substantially. What about the UK? What was its tax freedom day? Well, well the, uh, the Adam Smith Institute calculated the number of days the average UK resident must work just to pay their taxes is 159. So from Thursday the 8th of June, UK workers were working for themselves. This year's tax freedom debt is no later than at any time since 1995. The UK has drawn the line in the sand, and unless the British Act blinks, the tax freezes he's overseen during his, time, during his time as the UK Chancellor and subsequently as its Prime Minister will increase the UK's tax burden, which will mean its tax freedom debt could be challenging France, Belgium and Austria by 2028. Our personal tax freedom debts are all different. They are individual to us and heavily influenced by the way we have our affairs and assets arranged. If we don't use the allowances, reliefs and tax preferential structures that the government's grant us, we will have later tax freedom debts than, let's say, our neighbour, who is maybe maximising their financial affairs better. It's not rocket science. The tax challenges won't lessen. And without proper planning and paying attention to your arrangements, you will definitely pay more tax. When I think of inflation... I can't help but remember Bill Blevins. Regular listeners will know we lost Bill a couple of years ago. But up until his dying day, his biggest fear for the finances of our clients and his loyal Riviera Radio listeners was inflation. Back then, the UK's consumer price inflation was running at around 3.3%. And although it was forecast to rise, I don't think even Bill thought it would hit 11%, then stubbornly stay above 10% for as long as it has. Early in 2021, as we mentioned earlier, Rishi Sunak delivered his budget, and the one that I referred to earlier. And to be honest with you, it was rather benign, not very contentious, and it certainly flew under the radar. However, by freezing UK tax thresholds, more and more of inflation-linked wage rises we are now seeing are actually ending up in the government's pocket. A prediction back in 2021 that the UK government was betting on increased inflation, which in turn would drive up their tax revenue stream, has proved to be spot on. The simple fact is, due to a combination of factors, the British tax burden is moving in the wrong direction. The cost of living crisis and taxpayers being overwhelmed with even more HMRC obligations has contributed to this year's tax freedom debt falling a week later. The rising cost of living cannot be tackled if you don't have a growing economy underpinned by low taxes. If the current trend is maintained, the UK's tax freedom debt will gradually move later and later in the year. Currently, it's predicted it will fall back to the 24th of June by 2026, 
which according to historical data will be the latest tax freedom there since back in the early 1960s. What can French resident British expatriates do to reduce the tax burden on their investments, wealth and pensions? Well, every individual has a different tax freedom there. In theory, it will arrive later for higher earners and earlier for lower earners, and also those who are retired. In reality, this isn't necessarily true. As I said earlier, tax offices don't simply tax income tax. They tax consumption, investments and activities, and all at different rates, which includes indirect taxes such as TVA, fuel duty, and property taxes, as well as direct taxes such as income tax and social charges. Interestingly, across the board, tax freedom there has has trended later each year since 1995, creeping later in July here in France. There is a few things everyone can do to positively move their tax freedom there for life in France. Make sure your assets and your arrangements are appropriately structured for living in France, spending in euros, and finally, I hate to say it, but dying in France. Tax freedom there is not meant as anything other than an illustration. It's a thought provoker, which I think brings home the reality of taxation and how you should address it. Legally and ethically, you can move your tax freedom there, and I would strongly recommend you seek professional assistance. To understand if Blevins Franks is able to help you, please get in touch and arrange to speak to one of our local Blevins Franks partners. The initial discussion, as we say every week, is complimentary, so it won't cost you a penny to speak to us. And to get in touch with us, the telephone number of our Valbon office is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. And if you live in Monaco or visiting our Monaco office is more convenient for you, our number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. And if you'd like to learn more about Blemish Franks, or get in touch with us via... Um, the electronic medium, shall we say, you can visit our website, which is www.bloodingsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. We'll have you in the studio next week. Absolutely. Let's hope that the, the Grand Prix noise behind us won't be as bad as the uh, maybe the reproduction today. Fingers crossed. Thank you. Thanks very much. Have a good week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493 or riviera at com. The UK Pensions Lifetime Allowance and Tax Charges have been abolished. Welcome news for those with larger pension savings. A future government could, however, reverse this move, resulting in limited opportunity to take steps to protect yourself. Blevins Franks provides wealth management solutions for British expatriates in France and can help you explore pension opportunities. Call 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com. That's blevinsfranks.com.